All right. Here we go. My name is Derek Manns, and my company is Stagehand. Stagehand is a company that's really focused on, I would say, reinventing opportunities for live music, reimagining opportunities for live music. I'm here today with Bob Cherche. Welcome, Bob. Bob and I have known each other for a few years now. Bob, I think, is an interesting story to, to tell uh, about his music journey. He's also been involved with Music Mile, which has been a uh, very interesting initiative uh, here over the last few years in Calgary. So Bob, why don't, we, why don't we just kick this off? Tell me a little bit about your music journey uh, and, and when did it start yeah. and where are you at right now? My musical journey, I guess it starts at, you know, six years old in Pentecostal church, right? Singing gospel songs and I, I love it. The music was amazing and uh, I, I was singing my heart out, you know. One day the the piano player, who's like Jimmy Swaggart, you know, honky-tonk church piano player, takes me aside and puts her arm around me and she says, you know, Bobby, she says, uh, you're a good kid, but you can't sing. <laughs> I'm sorry to tell you, you're a monotone, you can't carry a tune. I looked up at her and I said, well, thanks, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of 73-year-olds across this country who were told at a very young age that you can't you're not very good at this. You're not very good at art. Stick to hockey. When that happens, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. You spend the rest of your life seeing yourself as a non-singer. My journey started off wanting to sing and just in love with music, but convinced now that I can't. It was a self, I couldn't sing. I was horrible. Now, did you play though? I used to uh, hang around with, in, in university days with a, a guy that played for a group called Humphrey and the Dump Trucks out of Saskatoon, Michael Miller was the bass player and he, he taught me how to make a, a, a washtub bass. And I played a washtub bass my first year of teaching in Churchill, made $400 playing washtub bass in the bar. I never was really good at that, but it, got, it allowed me to hang out with musicians. Part of the journey that was, that was critical was when I came to Calgary, I was at an Arnold Guthrie concert. The ticket, of course, when I get in there, I'm sitting beside the guy that sold it to me, really. He said, you're a musician. Oh, no. I said, but I like to hang out with him. He says, you need to come to camp. And I'm going, camp? Like, I haven't been to camp since I've been 12. No, no. He says, 150 adults come out once, three times a year for a weekend with their guitars and mandolins and sing. Well, I went to camp. They did a thing at camp, which is called a band scramble. They put four strangers together. They got to pick a song and play that song on a stage in front of 150 people. So I'm in a band scramble. This woman says, Bob, you're going to sing the third. I, I don't sing. You know I don't sing. Sam. Oh, yeah, you got an interesting voice. You're going to sing. So third verse comes along, and I, I'm singing John Prine's um, Speed of the Sound of Loneliness. And uh, out comes a voice I'd never heard, neither at 150 people. I got a standing, you know, that night, like I'm crying like a baby in my, in my bunk because... Why didn't this happen when I'm 23? Then I'm thinking this kind of tears of joy, like I got a few more, I'm 60 years old when this happened. So that's my journey. And, and now I'm, you know, I'm, I'm still not a performer and I, I don't consider myself, uh, you know, a, a, a musician, but I'm singing, I found a voice. And I guess that's my passion right now. So how big a part of your day-to-day -day life is, is music? I'm just curious what, you know, what, what, what really, how, how does music find its way into your life on a daily basis? Oh boy, you know, I, I, I did, the last two days I've written two songs. And I wrote two songs in two days. That doesn't mean I, I do that all the time, but I'm, I'm just, 
I just love, I love writing, right? I love, I love the creative act. For somebody that's retired, you can't sit on a couch. You can't just golf. I'm convinced that you have to find your art. A lot of people don't know this about me, but I, I also, uh, I'm a potter. So I'm trying to find my way back into the pottery studio. And, and I love, you know, getting that kiln up to 2,000 degrees by stoking it with wood. And the music, I practice my music, I sing, I, I write. I just, you know, constantly doing that. So you, you've mentioned writing a few times. Yeah. So tell me a little bit more about that. Or tell me about a, tell me about a song maybe that you've written that's maybe got some particular meaning for you? Well, one of the things, if you were in my house at eight o'clock in the morning, you would see my wife and I sitting in two leather chairs, listening to the radio, listening to CBC or CKUA radio, right? We're kind of like old people yelling at the radio. <laughs> one morning on CBC is a documentary, and it's a documentary about the death of the upright piano. Now, this mom of mine, the piano player, great story, she was, when her dad picked her up at the hospital with her mother after she was born, he had the truck and he took the truck to a store, bought an upright piano, and my mom went home from the hospital with an upright piano. <laughs> the piano was really a part of my life, the upright piano in the house. I know for a lot of people, you grew up with an upright piano. Yep. The documentary was saying that these days, what's happening is that uh, nobody wants them anymore. They're getting rid of them, they're downsizing, or they just, nobody's playing it, and they can't get any money for them, they're trying to give them away, they can't afford to tune it, they can't even afford to move the things, right? So the poor old upright pianos are being hauled to the dump. Now, I was emotionally gripped by that. I, that I can stand anything going to a dump, but a musical instrument going to the dump just ripped me. That afternoon, I started writing this song, and it's my favorite song that I've written. It's called Upright. Uh, the first verse is about my sister playing country songs, my mom, the second verse playing gospel songs. Third verse is about honky-tonks and, and how there's hardly any more uprights in honky-tonks. That's how I get steamed up, right? I, get, I listen to the radio and then maybe write a song. That's interesting. Yeah. So sort of almost capture a bit of history and uh, yeah, yeah. something that means something to you and as well. And it's love. I, I'm 73. I'm not going to be writing love songs. I've been married for 52 years. I can't <laughs> write a love song. So well, it sounds like you've done pretty well if you've been <laughs> no, married 52 I, don't, years. Don't assume anything. <laughs> I talked to the other side. I just wrote a song about pottery called T-Bowl, about the, the potter bringing that T-Bowl out of a lump of clay. For me, every song is like a little novel, like it's, it's a story and it's, a, it's, it's got meaning. I just don't write about fluff or what I think an audience might want to hear. Anyways, uh, long story short, in the last decade or so, I've written 120 songs, I do a little performing. You know, I, I do the Songwriter Night at the Gravity, which is unbelievable. We're pulling song, amateur songwriters out of the woodwork every Thursday nights. My big story is how can I help? This is my passion right now is, is pe people finding their voice again, finding their way back to music.